0: Uh, let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet, he'd have got there, rabbits. Beers, beers and more beers, I can't wait, I can't wait. What about Andrew King? Put him in the second! Put him somewhere! He's too good for this game! Well hey, howdy, hello everyone, How are we going? Round six is here. We're back with another Supercoach preview. We've got captains, listening Q&A, hot takes, trades, all that jazz to get you through the Supercoach preparations for round six. Um, It's been one of those weeks where looking at it from the outside... I think a lot of the trade options this week are going to be pretty pod-heavy. A lot of people are asking me for my opinions on, on certain trades and who the guys to bring in this week are. I think apart from Sam Walker, there's no clear buyers this week. I think it's going to be great to separate some teams a little bit. It's been one of those years where we can see big differences, especially in key positions. There's been a couple of uh, big shake-ups that have left teams scratching their heads and, and created good pod chances, and that's what separates you. Uh, currently, myself, I'm sitting in 1,182 out of 125,000, so still in that top 1%, which is what I aim for every year, but we definitely want to be pushing up into that top 1k. It's a very, very condensed week this week. What I think is going to set it apart this week is captains, and we'll get straight into that now. Captain of the O's. I think it's one of those weeks where the first game is really going to set it apart. Obviously, we've got the Broncos taking up. Against the Panthers, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, Brian To'o, uh, probably the three standard options. If you want to go VCing this week, then some pretty pretty great VC options. Personally, I would rank those in the order of Luai cleary and then toto we know that toto is a safe 60 every week with a try it's probably 85 90 and then anything after that we're looking at big monster scores of 120 odd but i just when i'm not too sure if he's gonna get the hat trick to be able to loop i've always had a solid rule of 130 would be the minimum for me to loop And that means we're going to need Toto to get two tries, potentially three, with a a fair few attacking stats. I mean, I'm I'm not against the idea of him doing it. It's just I think Jerome Luai has to do less to get a bigger score. I mean, he can set up a couple, even jink the line and go himself. I mean, Nathan Cleary can just do Nathan Cleary type things. In saying that, if we're looking for a safer captain option this week, I think David Fafita versus the Seagulls, I think he's a great pick, obviously, off a great week last week for people that captained or VC'd him. Um, You're looking at a fantastic score of 147, so he's definitely going to be a safe option. Obviously not going to be bagging three tries every week, but still can do a lot of damage against that manly pack. I think he is marking up against Schuster. So it's going to be a big test for, for Schuster this week. So Fafita is probably the safest option. Uh, another good pod share if you've pulled the trigger on him early. I think Kalen Ponga is set for a big game against the Sharks in his second game back. A bit of match fitness under the belt. So I think KP is another great option. We move into the Rabideaus-Tigers game. Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, they're the two standouts for this, for this game. I think the Tigers could have a cricket score put on them. Benji Marshall against his old club. Very, very interesting watching there. But I will touch on one game where I think a great captain option, um, it's going to be very pod, and it's going to make or break a lot of people's weeks, but it's the last game of the week. It's the Bulldogs taking on the Cowboys, and I think Valentine Holmes is a pretty sneaky captain option this week. I haven't researched too heavily on the in-depth stats, Uh, I will before I post the actual captain's post on my Instagram, but I mean, looking at recent history, we look at the Bulldogs at Bulldogs, and we saw that Pappy teared them apart. Tedesco has on against them last year. They're a club that is struggling heavily right now. I think uh, it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game, and I think Valentine Holmes could have a serious input in a lot of the Cowboys' attack and potentially reap the rewards for a lot of owners. We touched on him earlier, but buy, swap and sell. I think uh, Sam Walker is the obvious buy this week. I mean, if you haven't jumped on him pre-season, if you didn't jump on him in the first two weeks, you've got a great chance to look at him for the first two weeks before that price rise goes up. Two phenomenal scores. I don't expect it to be as high this week, um, but still going to make a fair bit of cash. Obviously, a tough matchup, but I think Sam Walker is the buyer of the week. A man that we're going to sell this week, I think, is Jordan Ricky. Named on the bench. is um, A break-even is, I think it's 51. It's going to be hard for him to get that coming off the bench. I don't know what kind of minutes we're looking at. TPJ is going to be starting... I don't expect him to be putting in a workhorse performance, but I don't expect Ricky to be generating enough minutes on the field to for him to really see his ceiling raise and get over that 51. He's done a fantastic job. He's made some good money for us. Uh, we can move him on to pick up potentially one of those cheapies that people are talking about. We'll touch on them and listen to Q&As, but another man that I'm on the fence about is Tessie New. I mean, I've put him down as a sell, but he could be a hole for one more week. and Just see what happens with the... Uh, with the Broncos' back line, whether it's just a, a one-week dropping to try and get his head back in the game or, or whatnot, but he's not as a pressing issue as Jordan Ricky, I feel. He's not going to be playing, so he's not going to lose any cash, but look, I think next week, if he is still on the bench, it's a lot of money to have sitting there. Another one of these guys that's done a fantastic job, uh, we can sell him on for some good profit or, or potentially upgrade him to one of these guns. A hold for me this week is Connor Watson now he was a hundred percent a sell with a break even of sixty eight named at five eighth but Kurtman is back from concussion that sees Watson move back to thirteen look, I think Connor Watson at thirteen worst case we're gonna see him put out sixty and I mean eight break evens only forty k um sorry, only four thousand dollars of of a price drop so not a huge price drop for Connor Watson there so For me, I think he's a definite hold. One more week, we can get another decent score out of him, especially if he's a reserve option for you. Hold him, reap the rewards for one more week, then move him on. One more man that I will touch on quickly is Jacob Little, obviously being dropped by Mark McGuire in favour of cheapy Jake Simpkin. Uh, we can put these guys hand in hand. I think they're both a hold. Little, I'm sure people have more pressing issues than to trade him out. Just hold him, see how Simpkin goes. As for Simpkin, we've got two weeks to look at him. Moses and Byers on the bench, so who knows what's going to happen with the minutes. Uh, Simpkin's a gun from a Tigers point of view, but let's just wait and see what happens with the Supercoach standpoint. Moving into trade talk. A lot of you guys have been messaging me, asking me what I'm going to be doing for my trades this week. Um, I think it's pretty clear-cut as to what I'm doing. Jordan Ricky comes out, and also Matt Moylan comes out. Now, Matt Moylan's got a low break even, but I much prefer Connor Watson as a reserve option this week. I mean, Moylan's going to make more cash than Watson, but I'm struggling for reserves this week, so I'm going to put the reserve on Watson. Moylan comes out. That means I need a second rower. I also need a 5'8", and the second rower, I mean, I post about this guy Couple of days ago, some of you newbies may have never heard of him. It's Jared Anderson from the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, a guy that's currently plying his trade in the Newcastle Comp. He's playing for Curry Curry, so I don't think a first grade debut uh, is anywhere near coming for him. I think, from what memory, he isn't even registered in the NRL. So. Yeah, look, Jared Anderson comes in purely as a nuff. He's a second-row center wing, uh, 173k guy that will never, ever, ever see the light of day in my team. But he's going to be there to give me the VC option. He's going to be there to free up a lot of cash for me. One uh, of these nuffs that is just going to be there all year round. And that means I need a five eighth, and I have a lot of money to spend. I had 80k banked last week, so I've now got about 650k to spend. And the man that I'm going to be bringing in is the man with the fantastic draw. And Smokey for New South Wales, Origin 6. I mean, I'm really hoping he doesn't get named, but it's Jerome Luai. He's going to partner Connor Watson for me uh, this week. We're going to play both those guys, so look really happy with my side. I've got Brayley, I've got TKO, I've got Tino, I've got Fafita, Barnett, Crichton, Cleary, Luai... Toto, Gagai, Fergo, Laurie, Teddy, Pappy, the list just goes on. I'm starting to build a pretty nice side. My advice to you guys is always start building your best team for the end of the season. If you can avoid making sideway trades or money-making trades and getting a gun, then go for it. I understand I could have brought in Jerome Luai for Connor Watson, but as we touched on before, I need another reserve option. I'm going to be playing Watson as that reserve. I have much more faith in him over Moylan. We saw the best out of Matt Moylan, and his ceiling was like a 60, 65. We saw the best out of Connor Watson; his ceiling was hundred and ten. So, no brainer as to the pick there. Don't don't get me wrong. Connor Watson is on his last legs in my side. Next week, I think I'll be moving him on, and I'll be making another big trade, big acquisition uh, to bring into the eyes and who's. But yeah, the Connor Watson comes. St- sorry, he stays in the side. Matt Moylan comes out. Uh, Jordan Ricky comes out, and Jared Anderson comes in as enough. Oh, that's hot! That's hot! Jeez, talk about stinkers last week, I picked four, I thought they were all pretty conservative actually, I thought I was going to go pretty well, I got one from four last week, so need to redeem myself, I'm pretty sure I am 15 from 23 or something on the season, so not too bad, but definitely could be better. Hot takes this week. I think they're pretty match-up dependent. Um, we move into the first one. It's Jerome Luai over 115. Now People might be thinking, oh, that's that's not fantastic. But remember, Jerome Luai scored a try late on two last week. Only scored 70 on. So we're hoping for him to go huge. As we touched on in the captain's choices, I think Cameron Ponga's in for a really big game. So I'm backing Ponga over 80. The next one was a bit of confusion on social media yesterday. Um, I've put Pap slash Teddy under 150. Now, that's not either of them to go under 150. That is them combined to go under 150. So, Ryan Pappenhausen, James Zesko combined under 150 points. We've got Tommy Turbo, he's back, he's back in action, I'm going to back him to go over 80, I think Manly need him to fire for them to have a successful season, so first game back, I think a lot of the workload's going to be on Tommy, so we're going to back him to go over 80. And last but not least, the man that I said would average 65 this year, and it's looking like big egg on my face, Kyle Flanagan. Uh, I mean, I think he's, he's got to have a good game, surely, I mean, had a great game in that first one against Newcastle, but they've had very limited attacking chances since then, but... Look, I th- I'm going to back the Bulldogs to score some points here against the Cowboys. I think it's going to be one of those high-scoring games. We're going to back Kyle Flanagan over 80 as well. So, look, five picks there. Five or five and a half with Teddy and Pappy. So, not sure how that's going to go. But, um, yeah, look, hopefully it can- can't be any worse than last week, going one from four. And lastly, we move on to the listener Q&A. I'm just going to give a quick public service announcement. When I put my Q&A podcast questions out there, please don't ask me about your individual trades. Um, I reply to every dm that I get about individual trades, and i 'm sure all the guys out here listening to the podcast don 't want to hear about your individual unique trades, so if you have a personal trade question, send me them. The questions I sort of encourage in the listener q and a is i guess player debates and and futureized picks and we'll we'll get into a couple of explanations today, like for example, the first one this comes from grand twenty seven who are the four center wings you want at the end of the season? I think this is a question that provides a lot of debate rather than you saying to me hey who 's what about player a versus player b' So we'll get straight into grand question about four centre wings. I think Toto is a must. If B Moz can keep scoring, he definitely has to be there. Uh, look, with the Tigers draw, I do like Nofo. Uh, they play the first bye round after that, their draw. It look it it opens up pretty well, so we could definitely put him there. I think the last ones a toss up between sort of Brian Kelly, uh, Zach Lomax, Valentine Hones. Um, so the, the, look, there's a couple of options there. I think B Moz, Toto. Look, even Daniel Tupo, I mean, he's averaging 55 or so without really scoring tries. He's got his first one on the weekend. Campbell Graham is another one who's putting out great base stats, so... I think at the end of the season, you want to have a great mix. You want to have guys like Toto and Tupo that can just pump out good base scores. and You want to have those guys like Alex Johnston, Brett Morris, so you can play based off matchups that could, could go off for a couple of tries and get you that 100-plus score. So I think at the end of the season, have two or three guys that are locked into play every week, and maybe have one or two of the big X-Factor players that you could have on rotation. Nashi asks, is it more crucial to get Fafida or Luai this week? Based because both of those prices are soaring. Look, I think Fafida is probably the one to have this week. You can maybe get Luai in next week and hope he doesn't go off huge for a massive price jump. But for Fafida, look, it's getting up now 750 plus." Whereas Luai is still about 100k cheaper, so I understand that it's a lot of money to spend on a second row forward, but the question that you have to ask yourself is, is Fafida going to be in my best 17 at the end of the season? And I think the answer is going to be yes. I think you, you just pay the premium for him now, you don't have to worry about getting him in at all again this year, he is there, barring all things injury. Whereas Luai, I think we can maybe just wait one more week, Panthers draw is still fantastic. Uh, they he plays the first buy end as well, but the price is a little bit cheaper. So I think we can if you're gonna wait on one of them, I think Lua is the one to wait on personally. Steve O'Brien asks, Is it too late to get Schuster? Look, last week I would have said yes, but with Jack Secky going down, I mean I think that second row spot is basically locked up for Schuster. siren's gonna come back, he's gonna take over Hemroll. So yeah, look, I don't think it's too late to get Schuster. It sucks he's only available at five eighth. I think if you're going to be buying him, it's not really a cash grab. You're going to be just having him playing in your side. So it's a question of basically, do you want to be running two gun uh, five-eighths or do you want to run one with Schuster? So that's the question you have to ask yourself based off your team, I feel. And that goes for everyone. If you're picking a player, ask yourself, what are his long-term plans in my side? I've always been of the thought processes. Is he a cash cow? Is he a long-term keeper? I don't really like to trade water in that weird... Um, mid-range price bracket. I dipped in the water this year a little bit with Cecilia Tupanua and Josh Jackson just because I felt they had so much upside Look, I knew they were never going to be in my side long term, but they definitely had their role. And I feel if you guys start asking yourselves that question when you're making trades, what is the plan for this player? So for example, myself, like I brought in Jackson to Pine last week. I'm not going near Ben Condon because I don't want two of those cheap guys that are plotters. The plan for Jackson to Pine in my side is to sit there for about five weeks or so. When Sean Bloor is back, then we'll move him on. So I think it's going to help you guys with your trades a lot. If you just sort of stop, don't make trades on a Monday, don't send them to me, don't send them to other podcasters, whatever, on a Monday, because there's so much changing, just sit down on a Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, and just think to yourself, okay, look, if I'm going to get player X in, what is the time frame of him in my side, is he going to be there for five weeks, is he going to be there for the rest of the season, is he going to be there to, to make cash, you know, so that's going to be, I guess, my biggest bit of advice when it comes to trades, work out why you're buying a player. Sunny asks, early bird targets for round 13? Look, it's hard to predict, but definitely start looking at the guys that are going to be playing, that are featured heavily in their team. I'm eyeing off someone like a Luciano Lua, a David Nofaluma from the Tigers. Um, I mean, Paul Momorowski from the Panthers is another good idea. They both play the first round. Look, this is the joyous as to why we get five trades before Origin, because we can start tinkering teams around. Um, But... I wouldn't be making or breaking your side, I wouldn't be pulling out guns, someone messaged me today asking when do when do I sell Angus Crichton because he doesn't play the first bye week, and you don't sell Angus Crichton because he's been playing one week, don't fall into the trap of thinking you have to have a full 17, uh, the years I've been most successful, I've run 12, 13 man squads for Origin, it's fine, Like just cop the poor week, cop the 800, 900 score, move on, you'll be sweet, like don't stress about Origin too much, just make sure you've got... I'd say 12 players playing. Another interesting question, I did get a couple of times this week. Look, I've chosen Locke Fergus, just because he was the first one to ask it. He says, is a Panthers backline of three men too much? He's got To'o, staying, sinking, Momorowski. I mean, the way the Panthers are playing, not at all. They have an absolute dream draw. They look to be shifting both sides. Mom's getting some fantastic junk points. Uh, Toto we know what Toto's going to do. One man in that sort of Panthers' back line for Supercoach I wouldn't be looking at is Kurt Capewell. I mean, I've copped a lot of stick for saying Kurt Capewell is not a great buy, and I stand by it. I mean, the bloke goes big when he scores tries, but he, do you really want to be relying on a 450, 500k second rower to score tries on a non-dominant edge? Like, for me, Capewell's a pass, but the other three, uh, definitely can see them jumping in your side, and I feel like they're going to do wonders for you. Another post-origin question from Cam Moon how many trades will I need to be competitive and overall after the buy rounds? I've always said one trade a week is fine for the last six, seven weeks. So if you've got five to eight trades in the bank for the last six weeks of the season, uh, you'll be fine. By that stage, you should have close to your best 17. You should have a lot of nuffs. You should only be trading players out based on injury. So look, five or six trades for the last five or six weeks, you'll be sweet. Like after Origin 2, like I said, your, your team should be set Maybe a couple of bit of tinkering here or there, but yeah, look, you're only trading players out based on injury, if I can get my words out. Bo Valentine asks, how do you feel about moving forward with Barnett? I don't think Barnett is going to be in my final 17. I want to see how Adam O'Brien uses him when Lachlan Fitzgibbon comes back because if Fitzgibbon comes back into the back row, you'd expect Barnett to move to 13. What happens with Connor Watson? Do they share minutes? Does Fitzgibbon not even come into the size? Is he off the bench? Does Barnett still play 80? Look, I think it's uh, we're going to have a couple of weeks to look at it. If Barnett's going to continue averaging 65, 70-odd, then yeah, he stays, but I'm not too confident with that, I mean, yeah, Fitzgibbon is a bit of a thorn in the side and a cancer to this Supercoach conundrum that we have, so I think he's back around, round seven, round eight, round nine-ish, he's back in contract training, so shouldn't be too far away, but I think it's going to be a wait and see with Barnett, if Fitzgibbon starts cutting into his time, into his points, into his like process of, of scoring, then I think he's definitely a sell to someone like a Tohu Harris or a Jazz Tamanga if he's going to be playing 13 long-term. And that is it. Uh, That is the Supercoach preview for yet another week. Thanks to everyone that put their questions in. Thanks to everyone that gave their feedback about yesterday's podcast with Joe from the Park Footy Pod. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I'm not too sure why the sound quality was so bad, we just recorded over Zoom, so maybe that didn't process best to my editing software, but look, I really enjoy having him on, he has a great footy brain, he is a massive Panthers fan, but not biased, he's going to be able to bounce off me pretty well, provide some great feedback, you guys seem to really enjoy him, enjoy the longer podcasts, so it's going to break the week up a little bit, Um, but yeah, look guys, that's it, Um, enjoy the Supercoach week. As I say, for the last couple of weeks, you're not out of it yet. One good score, one bad score, changes a lot of things. So get your captain choices right, get your pods right, keep your friends close, and keep those pods closer, guys. That's all, folks.